Ephesians chapter 6. We'll start here in verse number 10. Our focus this morning will be on the shield of faith. Starting in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll be with us during this time, Lord. Be with those who are teaching next door, Lord that today your word may be magnified here, that today your name may be lifted up, and that today we will leave here encouraged, understanding this armament and the benefit of having it. Lord, may we glean from your word the, the power and the ability of the shield of faith. We give thanks to you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse 16, he says, Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We have been continuing on with this study on the Christian and his battles. We have seen what this glorious opportunity is for us to share this gospel message, to share about this new life that we have in Christ, and what a glorious opportunity that has been afforded to us to even be involved in this ministry. Yet Ephesians chapter 6 lets us know that this amazing opportunity that we have to preach the gospel and to be a soldier for Jesus Christ is not an easy opportunity. And it has been afforded to us, yes, to do this ministry, but Ephesians 6 says that you must be prepared to do this. We are warned here that this battle will not be easy. This morning we are introduced to not only an offensive piece of armor, but as well as a defensive piece of armor. We've already seen that Paul has challenged us to gird up our loins with truth, and that we've seen to put on the breastplate of righteousness, and that we should have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And now yet even more, we are introduced into the shield of faith. Paul says here, above all. 
Now, this does not mean that the other pieces of armor are not necessary. Yet he does emphasize above all, above all taking the shield of faith. This is to not disregard of what he said in verse number 11, putting on the whole armor of God. Yet he still does emphasize above all. And this is of extreme importance that we take up the shield of faith. It is inevitable when Lauren sends me to the store that she gives me a list of all the things that she wants me to bring home. But she always emphasizes to me, these are the things that you need to bring home tonight. She knows that there's a likelihood that I will get tired of searching, that I'll get tired of looking. But she says, these things, above them all, make sure you have these when you come home. Paul offers this same emphasis to all. He said, above all, this doesn't disregard that these are all the things you need. But he says, above all, the shield of faith, this is priority. This is emphasis not to disregard that we as soldiers, we as believers need all of the armor of God. But above all, we desperately need the shield of faith. Now, the emphasis for the shield of faith here is something amazing. It is supernatural. Faith in itself is supernatural. But we have here the shield of faith that offers up something amazing to us. We've already seen in verse 12, all of the people who are on offense against the child of God. And yet in verse 16, we see in verse 12, this huge army that's against the believer. And yet in verse 16, it says the shield of faith is able to quench some. No, it says the shield of faith is able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield of faith is a piece of armor that we are all in desperate need of, uh, above all. Above all, we need the shield of faith in our lives. Above all, we need to take up the shield of faith. The believer at times can find himself, find themselves discouraged. We find ourselves in a position where we are facing a, a situation that it even at times brings us to a place where we put off our we set our faith to the side. But Paul says in order to move forward in battle, we must take up the shield of faith. Now Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of faith, uh, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is to say when we act on truth, even when we may not believe it. Faith is when we face the issues of life with God's view, when we face the issues of life with God's perspective. Now, let me tell you what faith is not. Faith is not emotion. Faith is not some kind of gut instinct. Faith is where the believer acts according to the word of God, whether they agree with it or not. Faith is when we, we, we follow God's word, when whether we feel like it's going to work out or not. No matter what happens, we stick to the truth. We sing songs like that. Our faith has found a resting place. Faith is absolute surrender. It is a resting place that 
the believer finds himself in, where they come to this resting place that God's word is absolutely true. No matter how Satan may paint this terrifying battle against us, no matter what the obstacle is in front of our eyes, no matter what the enemy says to us, that we believe holy God's word. Satan wants to do everything to the child of God to make him put away his faith. Yet it is the sole instrument that quenches the fiery darts of the wicked. Several weeks ago, um, I, me and my wife, we sat down, we asked her, I said, why don't you watch a movie with me before we go to bed? Now, this is a joke. I spend $3.99 within the first 10 minutes, I'm asleep. So she always says yes. But we sat there and we rented this movie to watch, and as we're watching the movie, as the movie's getting ready to start, it was offering up previews for other movies that they want you to waste $3.99 on. Well, this movie that they was offering up for $3.99 was about this clown that lives down in the sewer drain. I looked over at her to say something to her, and she got the blanket clear over her head. I said, what are you doing? She was like, I can't handle this. I'm like, well, it's not real. It's fake. She was like, I don't care. I cannot handle this. It made me laugh because for me, it was nothing at all. But for, for her, it shook her. I don't want to see this. Listen, this is exactly what Satan wants to do for us in our own Christian life. It is Satan's objective to convince you that you are in danger when you are not. It is Satan's objective to convince you that something is real and that you will actually be overcome when you will not be overcome. Satan has a way of painting things that have no power in our lives as if they have power in our lives. Faith, though, is the shield that balances his imagery and his team against assault. Faith is what quenches the fiery darts of the wicked. We must learn to act in faith, not in arrogance, though. We're not to act in arrogance here when we take the shield of faith. Well, no, taking the shield of faith doesn't mean we walk around foolishly saying, Satan, you cannot hurt me. And that we don't even need to heed the word of God. That we totally put away what the word of God says. Taking the shield of faith, notice that. He says, taking the shield of faith. The shield of faith is something that we handle. The shield of faith is something that we carry. It is something that we pick up. It is something that we have in our physical possession. The problem is the other side of this in handling the shield of faith. When Satan's not overwhelmed in your life, when Satan's not focusing on putting you in a place where you are so fearful in your Christian life that you actually think that you may lose. When he doesn't win there, the next step that Satan takes in our lives is he puts us in a place where he makes us believe that we really don't need the word of the Lord in our life. He brings us to a place of what is really just arrogance. Remember in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, where Jesus was preaching to the multitude, 
And then the Bible says that he climbed up on Simon's boat. And then he began to preach to the multitude. And then he told Simon, push away from the shore and cast your net down. Simon, in his own arrogance, said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to help you out here with some advice. I know you probably don't know this, but we've been toiling all night. And by the way, we're no chumps. We're from the Zebedee fishing group. My father owns most of the boats here on the sea. We've toiled and labored all night and haven't even caught a single fish. As the Lord begins to communicate even further with Simon, after he offers up his excuses, after he offers up his input, by the time we make it down to verse 5, Peter says, I'll go ahead and put my net down just because you said so. Because you asked. What we find here is in this moment, after Peter offered up his own arrogance, after Peter offered up all his knowledge, after Peter tried to explain to the Lord, we're, we're no rookies here. We understand it all. The Bible says that so many fish was in Peter's net that it almost broke the net. And then Peter's calling out to his friends to help with the net because the boat is about to sink. Peter got a wake-up call on obeying God's word. Peter got a wake-up call on taking a step of faith, not living in the moment of our arrogance, not living in the moment of our mental understanding, thinking that we know how to navigate through life. The Bible says we must take up the shield of faith. Faith is anchored in the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, taking up the shield of faith above all. Faith is not something that we do arrogantly, yet Satan wants us to behave arrogantly as we live our Christian lives. Faith is not something that we do and live in fear. Faith says that we are more than conquerors, yet Satan tries to execute fear in our lives. You see, Satan's attack on us is an attempt for him to eliminate the shield of faith in our lives. Paul says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, Paul is not changing from what he's already said. He understands when you go back to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15, he, he was so excited. He said um, that he had heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's not calling for all of Ephesus to take up faith. He's not calling for all of Ephesus to get saved. He's not calling for the believer to get re-saved. There's no such thing. He says, taking up the shield of faith. This is the reality that us as believers can find ourselves that we're engaged in the battle, that we have armor on, but we are engaged in the battle and find ourselves in a place where we have lost faith. When we lose faith, we are not even on the defense. We're not even in the battle really at all. Now, this shield is not only defensive, but it is also offensive. The word Paul uses here is the word thoios. Thoios is the word that is used to present before you a door. Paul says, taking this shield, 
This shield is believed to be some two foot wide, some four foot tall, and it was big enough to protect the entire soldier. I can almost see, Paul, this imagery that's being painted out here like we talked about last week, that Paul probably wrote this while being chained to a Roman guard. And as he's chained to this Roman guard, and as he feels the chains of the weight that these chains have upon him, as he looks at the Roman guard and he, he sees the nails on the bottom of his shoes, he says, that tracks him right there. That's the gospel. When he talks about, when he looks at the soldier's breastplate of righteousness, he says, that's not my righteousness, but that's God's righteousness. When he, he looks about how he's girded up there with his belt, he says, you know, we're girded up with the word of truth. But when his eyes were drawn across the room to this huge shield, Paul says, the thing that has protected me my entire life is faith. Faith is where I've been protected. Faith is how when I'm sitting in the when I'm sitting in the Roman cell, when I'm chained here to this guard, faith is what allowed me to write an epistle on joy. Faith is what allowed me to realize that even though I feel the weight of this chains, I can remain joyful because my faith has let me know that I am in the place that God has chosen for me to be. So though I am in this prison, though I am chained to this guard, my my faith has found a resting place that this is exactly where God wants me to be. This faith that clinches the fiery darts of the enemy is a faith that we realize no matter where we are in life, God is sovereignly in control. That no matter where we are, we are anchored firmly in the word of God, the darts that they had launched at Paul, the enemy, found him in prison. The darts that they had launched at Paul had found him whipped. <laughs> but the darts that they had launched at Paul were clinched when it hit the shield of faith. It is what leads us to believe that God is in control. It is our faith. Faith is the determiner of how we see. Faith is the determiner of how we live. It is the determiner of our joy. I read a story about a monk. His name was Thomas. And whether they meant to or not, they named his last name Monk. So we're just calling him Thomas Monk. And it goes like this, that Thomas had arrived at this monastery, and when he arrived at the monastery, that he took the vow to remain silent, and only every decade could he speak words. So for the first 10 years, Thomas did not say one word at all. At the end of the 10 years, the superior called Thomas into the room and said, Brother Thomas, do you have anything you would like to say? The monk replied, the food is bad. He went back to remaining silent. For the next 10 years, an entire decade passed. After a second decade passed, they called Thomas back in. The superior said, Thomas, do you have anything you would like to say? Thomas said, the bed is hard. Another decade passed. Thomas was again summoned to his superior. Brother Thomas, do you have anything you would like to say? He said, I quit. 
the superior frowned. He said, I'm not surprised because you've only complained since you've gotten here. While the story is a little humorous, I think it clearly indicates for us that there is nothing more clear to other believers that Satan has hit his mark. That when a child of God speaks, he complains about his lot in life. There is nothing clearer that Satan has made it past the shield of faith that is designed to protect us all when all we do is complain about the things that are happening in our life. The shield of faith stands tall to foil the attack of the devil. Is this not what our verse says? Where ye shall be able to quench how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked. Faith is the shield. It is the wicked who launch their fiery darts at us. You are on the battlefield alone. Is that not what the enemy tells us? You're engaged in spiritual warfare and you are all alone. Satan has sold this to many believers throughout history. Is this not what he told Elijah? Elijah said, oh, I and I alone am left. The arrow had made it past the shield of faith. But when the fiery dart is quenched on the shield of faith, and Satan comes to us and says, no one's serving like you. No one's not even noticing what you're doing. No one even cares. We, you've been put off. Hebrews 13, 5 rings aloud and says, God will never leave me nor forsake me. That is what my faith says, regardless of what Satan offers up to us. We are never alone. As the wicked launches more darts, they say, no worries, no worries. You soon will fail. Soon you will be back with us again. Soon you will serve the prince and the power of the air again. Soon you will be leaving the, the soldier alignment and where you are. You cannot take this course forever. You're not going to be able to stay faithful to the bitter end. Satan tells us that there's no way to fully leave the past behind. But the Bible says, our faith says, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work unto you will perform it unto the day of Christ Jesus. Satan says you can't continue on. Faith quenches it all. He will continue in me. Well, they say, you'll never get past your wretched past. You'll never get past your wretched mistakes. You'll never be able to be used for the Lord. Look at you. You're, you're a failure. I mean, how can God ever use you after all of your mistakes? And while Satan uses the enemies of this world, of the believer, the enemies of the believer, while he uses the wicked of the world to drag the believer down into a place of despair, Psalms chapter 76 and verse 10 says, the slander and the wrath of men God will use to praise him. While the world says, look how wicked you are, look how vile you are, God will use these slanderous comments to his glory and said, they were until the day they met my son named Jesus. The shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the devil. 
So Satan arrives in our lives and says to us again, look at you. Look how weak you are. Look how feeble you are. Look how feeble you are in the fight. You can barely hold the sword. And if we step back and say, yes, finally a truth. I am weak. But God has said that with even though I am weak, that his grace is sufficient in me and that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Most gladly will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes, I am weak, but God is still working in my weakness. His strength is made known. Another dark, your sin is so great. Your sin is so great, and indeed it is. Yet the Bible says that wherefore he is also to save to the uttermost. God's hand is not limited by wicked, vile men. As Satan launches his attack again and cries aloud, God has put you off. God has put you aside. God has forgotten you in your Christian life. God has forgotten you along this journey. Satan is continuing trying to remind us that we've messed up. We've gone too far. God is, he have just slipped through the cracks. But the Bible tells us in Psalms 94 that he will never cast off his people. And he will never cast off his heritage. God has never forgotten his people. Not now, not then, and not, never will he ever forget his people. Yet these are the fiery darts of the devil. That we've gone too far. That we've come up short. That we're too weak. That we're too feeble. That God has lost us along the way. And yet the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the devil. Satan says, I will win in the win. I will win in the end. I win in the end. It's just a matter of time. I'm waiting for you to slip. I'm waiting for your feet that are supposed to be shod with the gospel of peace, prepared with the gospel of peace. I'm waiting just a, a moment in time. I'm waiting for this time, and eventually I will have you. But Jesus said, I will give my sheep eternal life, and they will never die, and no one will ever take them out of my hand. I will never be reenlisted into Satan's army. I will never be called back to my old duties. I will never be plucked out of my my father's hand. I rest eternally secure. Faith is the shield that protects us from doubt. Faith is the shield that protects us from worry. Faith is the shield that protects us from the lies of Satan. He says to all of us, look how much you've sinned since you've been saved. Look how you failed God since you've been saved. You are too great of a sinner. Too great of a sinner. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 37, All that the Father had given me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You are a fool to believe that Satan, or you are a fool to believe that God would want you. Who is this enemy Satan that we face? What is these arrows? What are these fiery darts? These fiery darts are darts that try to catch you without your faith. 
darts that bring us to a place that we've gone too far, that we've made too many tragic mistakes. I mean, look at David in his own life, a murderer, an adulterer, and all of these things. Satan, sure, assured, said the same things to him. You've gone too far. There's no return. I mean, God took your son's life for your sin. How are you even favorable now? What is God going to do for you? Can't you see God's hand is against you? Yet David said in Psalms chapter 37 and verse 25, I have been young and now I am old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. David said, my faith is strong enough to know that God has not put me off. My faith is strong enough to know that, yes, I, I have faced God's chastising hand, but I have not been cast out forever. I have not left the part of the, his heritage. Listen, we have never been put off or saved. We have never been cast out. God has never left us. Closer than a brother is he unto us. Yes, we are weak, but faith says not much longer and we're getting out of here. Faith says not much longer and you will face your end, Satan. Faith consumes the fiery darts of the devil and let us know that God is still at work in our lives. How do we know that? Because we dig into the word. How do we know that? Because our faith is based upon the teachings of the word of God. People say all the time, I just need more faith. I just need more faith. God, give me more faith. That's not what the Bible teaches. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. We don't need more faith. We need to believe more of God's word. This is what we need. We need to find ourselves anchored in God's word. Faith is when you cannot see the hand of God working in your life, that you trust his heart. You trust God's heart and care for his children. That is what the text says. It does not say block the fiery darts of the wicked. It doesn't say that faith redirects the fiery darts of the wicked. It does not say that the arrow hits your shield and goes to the ground and continues to burn. Nope, nope, nope. The Bible says that it quenches them. Faith puts out the fiery darts of the devil. Faith brings them to a place of not. You know, when I was a kid growing up, we loved Bonanza. Don't remember much about it, but I can remember a couple of scenes. One of the scenes in Bonanza was when they were going across the prairie and the Indians was coming out and they were shooting arrows at the cowboys. And as they were shooting arrows at the cowboys, everybody had taken cover behind the wagon to protect themselves from the arrows that were being shot. The wagon had become the shield until one of the Indians made an arrow that had fire on it and shot the wagon. And once the wagon went up in flame, it caused the cowboys to disperse and then they could be shot with the arrows. It is Satan's sole objective in our life to find us in a position, in a place when we're on the other side of the shield. He has a desire to attack our faith because if he can attack our faith 
and we become faithless, what good is all the other armor? I mean, think about it. What good is this having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace if we don't have faith to believe it? That's going to bring peace. What faith, what is this shield of faith? Well, what is this breastplate of righteousness that we tell people that it was the imparted, imputed righteousness of God upon us that made us to be able to stand before God? If faith is gone, if our faith has been caused to waver, what do we really have when we stand and say that the imputed righteousness of God? I mean, do we really believe it? If we really believe that the word of God is truth and that this is a love letter from the almighty God in heaven to his children. And we're supposed to have our loins girt about with truth. If this is true for all of us, and the shield of faith is removed from us, then we begin to stumble and cause confusion that we believe that the word of God is the source of truth. But if we believe that the word of God is the source of truth, and if it's the standing of our faith, since it is the standing of our faith, if we will just cling to God's word, the promises, if we will anchor ourselves in the faith that all of Satan's attacks, that's what the Bible says, all the fiery darts of the wicked will be quenched. Now, it does not say that they'll, be, that they'll no longer be launched. doesn't say that. This is the reality of spiritual warfare. We are in battle. We were born into battle. This new life in Christ automatically enlisted us into battle. So we will always, from this moment until glory, hear and see the fiery darts of the wicked. But our faith, when it finds a resting place, of course it's the gospel of peace. Of course we have peace. Of course we have faith. The more faith we have that God's word is true, the more darts of the wicked we will see quenched and the stronger believers we will be. But remember this. It is always the fiery darts of the wicked that are calling the believer to doubt the truth of God's word. It's always the case. You're not saved. You've lost it. You can never be used again. You're going to never be able to go forward. Your whole life is ruined. There's no hope past this. These are all the fiery darts of the wicked. But the word of God teaches us an entire different story. Above all, now you see why, right? Above all, having taking the shield of faith because everything that we do in this life is pivot upon our faith and our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your word this morning, Lord, as we continue to study on the Christian and his battles, as we continue to learn about these pieces of the armament that we take up, these pieces of the armament that we put on, Lord, that we see what it means to take up the shield of faith.
that it quenches the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh, God, strengthen your people here today. Strengthen us as we seek to serve you. Strengthen us as we seek to follow after you. Lord, I know there are many who are not here this morning. Lord, our prayer is that you uh, strengthen them, Lord, that you heal them and that you bring them back to the house of God where we can worship together, Lord. May it be a burden upon all of our hearts to check on those who are not here to encourage those who are not here to return to the house of God. May we seek to meet the needs of those who are not here. Lord, we love you and give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.